0: Fellas, it got me. We took every possible precaution. We avoided HPV Arena, but gastro
1: got me. Yeah, you're in, you look like you're in pretty good nick at the moment, Kurt.
0: Thanks, mate. I actually recovered exceptionally well. It's, it's, it was a quick, short, but incredibly vicious bout <laughs> of gastro. <laughs> About uh, about six weeks worth now uh, six weeks, six hours is what I meant to say it felt like six weeks um, but six tortuous hours on Monday night I have been meaning to ask how's how's Josie how's, how's your, she's your still,
1: she's still quite sick nauseous um, yeah she's under the weather a little She had a bad night last night she was sick on Sunday so what's today Wednesday um, that's four that's three or four days so she's not she's not doing too well at the moment
2: Gee, that's brutal
0: patient zero that's no good. Mm. <laughs> Well, there was one thing I was thinking about in between my bouts of uh, vomiting and desperate moments on Monday night. What do you think I was? What was the one thing keeping me going, Hawley? Uh, the podcast. Close, Doss. What do you reckon? Stubby certainly bum. wasn't.
2: Certainly wasn't Monday night football. That
0: <laughs> no, was the boatbuilder's yard, boys. I was just thinking about when <laughs> I'm when I'm recovered, when I'm feeling better. I can go there with my with my mates, and I can have a nice. Ice cold Coca Cola on South Wharf there in Melbourne. The Boat Builders Yard, loyal supporters, and it's loyalty that gets you through those tough moments. And I tell you what, they they were my, <laughs> my beacon of hope in those desperate hours. Boat Builders Yard, if you're in Melbourne, go and have a beer there. Let's get into the show. Hello everybody and welcome to the Outback Quarterback Podcast for another Thursday show. Boys, a lot going on this week. Uh, Sickness won't stop us. Nothing ever stops us.
2: We're consistent in our
0: output. Doss, you ready to go?
2: I'm ready to go, Curtis. How are you doing,
0: fellas? Doing well. Um, Now... I'm going to throw to you soon, Dos. We're going to get right into it with some news. But uh, boys, I have an email from Nugget that I have to get to first. Nug. Uh, Nug. Yes. Now he's a he's a very loyal listener. He was. I think he was the first member of our RB1 club. Our quickly abandoned RB1 club. Do you remember that thing? I remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was our favourite fan of the week, and then I didn't really take the list properly, and it was we another. Was it,
2: it. it was another segment that had a one week lifespan. <laughs>
0: So I think I went for about two or three, which is quite long for our segments. But Nugget writes, day, fellas, long time between emails, but there is a trend I'm not sure you are aware of, and I think there is a hidden code that has potentially been cracked. Since week one, the team who has all the media hype behind them for the week after a win has followed up with a big fat loss. Examples are as follows. Week one, Detroit beat KC opening night and then they lose to the Seahawks in week two. Week two, Baltimore beat the Bengals and go to two and Lamar's season incoming, were the quotes, with the, was the media hype. Then they lose to the Colts in week three. In week three, Miami puts up 72 points on Denver and they lose to the Bills in week four. In week four, the Bills beat Miami and put up 48 and they lose to the Jags the following week. In week five, San Fran rolling Brock Purdy MVP talk and they lose to the Browns in week six. It seems what goes up must come crashing down instantly. So how long will this trend last and who will be the talk of the town for this week? Boys, I've just got one thing to say to that. Gee, Houston looked good this week, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a good point. Who, who have Houston got this week, actually? That's a good uh, question.
0: Doss, you looked that up. Uh, for those who don't know, Nugget is the... For a loss. Well, he signs off his email, your favourite Texan and president of the CJ Stroud fan club. Uh, but I tell you what, he's playing with fire. His team just won a good game and now uh, if his curse is true, they're probably in for a shellacking at the hands of who, Doss?
2: They're not. Uh, I think
0: the, they got the, the bye, bye week, Kurt. Oh, well, week <laughs> off. Well, his theory's right. They can't win this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good theory, though, isn't it? Who is the team that really surprised this week? I guess the Jets. The Jets knocked off the Eagles, so probably that's- the Browns. Oh, the Browns? Yeah, no, don't. And that. they got the Colts this week away. Yeah, danger. Mm. There's a danger game. There's danger written all over
1: that oh, one. Yeah, Cleveland beat 49ers. That has to be the upset. Yeah, that, I think that, so. That that's that's There's the one. Zach Wilson
0: beating the, beating the Eagles is quite upsetting for many reasons. Yeah, oh,
1: actually, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, but the jet,
0: Jets
2: have got a bye week as well. Yeah, okay. Well,
1: Brown, six, sorry, six Browns team, fans. Six teams
2: with the bye this week. It's
0: yeah, crazy. it makes it easier. There's a few less games for us to go through. We should have a nice quick 40-minute episode next Tuesday. Um, <laughs> Dos, we've got a few headlines for you to quickly run us through.
2: Get us updated with what's going on in the league. Certainly, uh, fellas. So Buffalo Bills running back Damien Harris uh, exited the Sunday night football game with a bad, well, not bad, with a neck injury. He went off, he was in the ambulance, came on the field. The game was stopped uh, momentarily, of course. Uh, He has since left hospital and is recovering, which is excellent news um, considering the last time we saw an ambulance uh, on the field uh, regarding a Buffalo player. Uh, Colts owner Jim Ursay has said that Anthony Richardson is probably out for the rest of the season. They're going to make a call on Mm. shoulder surgery within the next week, um, which isn't great, obviously, for Anthony Richardson because he was playing really well. But also in terms of the Colts season and any sort of juice that it had going for it is kind of fallen flat. Uh, Now, Hawley, the the 49ers curse that you put on them uh, last week... There's some good news for a lot of 49ers fans, Debo Samuel with his shoulder, Trent Williams, star offensive tackle with his ankle, and Christian McCaffrey, of course, part of Chris Sanity with his oblique injury. Uh, None of them are considered long-term. They're all day-to-day, and they're going to be assessed later on in the week. Uh, They're on the Monday night game, I believe, so they've got some time before that. Do you think McCaffrey will play this week, Doss? I think he'll be the only one that won't play. I reckon Devo, Samuel, and Trent Williams will play. Okay. Just a gut feel. Well, Chris Sanity uh, is
1: slightly more powerful than the other injuries. So, we'll gosh, go. I, need, I need CMC out just for my, <laughs> just for Chris Sanity. Just for I your credibility. You Actually, I hope he plays Kurt. Uh,
2: Rams uh, running back who's had a really good start of the season, Kyron Williams, mm. has a sprained ankle, unfortunately. And he's not going to play versus the Steelers this week. Uh, Lions, another running back, Lions running back, David Montgomery, uh, per head coach, Dan Campbell, is going to miss some games with a uh, rib cartilage injury, which is unfortunate for them because he also had been playing well. That's a bummer. Uh, like you say, Doss, he's had a really good start of the season. One that's been surprising
0: because there wasn't a lot of hype on Montgomery going over to Detroit. And then they drafted Jameer Gibbs, obviously. And Montgomery's done it pretty much by himself. He's been the lead man and he's he's had a great season. So, that whilst that's disappointing, at least we get to see Jameer Gibbs now, right? We'll get to see him as the lead back
2: for Correct. the next few weeks and he's got a chance to show us what he can do. That's exciting. Absolutely. David Montgomery tore my Packers apart, just grinded that defensive line <laughs> into the ground. So we'll see. No, but we, we, we hopefully uh, short recovery for him. Uh, Bears quarterback, Justin Fields, dislocated thumb. Obviously, we we said on the Tuesday episode the X-rays were clear. But the Bears are saying that he's questionable until the swelling goes down because it is on his throwing hand. So he can't grip the ball uh, at the moment. So that's a, um, again, wait and see. And Jack's quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Now they've got the Thursday night game against the Saints. So short turnaround. He's got a sprained knee and still uncertain as to whether he will play. And if he doesn't play in that Thursday night game, my goodness, it's going to be... C.J. Bathard is the Mm. backup for the Jags versus Derek Carr and an absolute anemic Saints offense. And if Thursday Night Football couldn't get bad, it was going to get worse. Uh, Now, the the major, well, major move, but two things happened with the Eagles. They placed wide receiver Kez Watkins on IR with a hamstring injury, and then they signed seven-time Pro Bowler, Julio Jones to a one-year deal, and that will be his fourth team in four years. Did not see that coming. When you sent that through on the thread this morning, I was very
0: surprised. Um, I mean, I don't see why they need another backup wide receiver. They've got Alameda Zacchaeus. That's all you need is Correct. a wide receiver three, surely. <laughs> but no, I didn't see Julio playing for the Eagles this year, so there you go. Good I to see him back. I think he'd play at all this year, to be honest. No. But
2: there he is, so we'll see if he can uh, chase a ring.
0: Good stuff, Doss. Thanks for that. We've got a lot to get to tonight, boys. We've got the Monday Night Football review, which we'll do very quickly because, again, it wasn't the greatest game, but it is important to still cover it uh, for the fans out there, particularly those of the Cowboys and the Chargers. Then we've got all the normal Thursday stuff, the MVP, the playoff lock, the My Boy stuff. Um, I'm sure we'll end with joke of the week. We'll be back in a sec with Monday Night Football. Doss, the Cowboys and the Chargers faced off in L.A. The Cowboys got it done 20-17. to 17. They're 4-2. The Chargers are 2-3. and three. It was a penalty-laden game, 20 penalties given in all, and I saw the Cowboys secure an important win as Justin Herbert had a rare poor performance in primetime.
2: He did, Curtis. Uh, the Chargers were pretty bad. Mike McCarthy's play calling for Dallas was also pretty bad and uh, i just love reviewing primetime games because every single one i get <laughs> seems to be an absolute yawn fest
0: would you like me to move you off the monday night games because schedule wise it's working well
2: but just content <laughs> wise you're getting more depressed by the week frustrated Curtis. this was supposed to be a really good game yep i was really looking forward to this one i thought this is one of the games of the of the week uh didn't quite i mean the scoreline suggested yeah it was a close game but my goodness as you alluded to the penalties but Justin Herbert, the first drive of the game was really good. He was perfect. And they marched the ball down. It looked really good. After that, he was he was bad. He did mm-hmm. not have a good game at all. He was missing uh, wide open receivers. Keenan Allen, I counted two or three times where he overthrew the ball uh, completely. Um, the Dallas penalties, you mentioned, uh, Curtis, and the Chargers penalties on both sides of the ball. And I, I just had a gut feeling Derwin James had been in a – a few penalties this season uh, and, the, and it's got Chargers fans frustrated. So I had a bit of a look and it, I was correct. So the safety, uh, Derwin James for the Chargers, he's given away three unnecessary roughness penalties and one roughing the pass of penalty in the first five weeks of the season. So he's like <laughs> That's just a lot. nuts. Like, And then obviously all resulting in first downs. Now through the first six weeks, the Chargers defense has the second most penalties a game and the most first downs given up by penalty in the NFL. They give up 3.6 a game, which is 27% higher than any other team. Wow. I wonder why this team is just struggling. So no matter what they do on offense, their defense is just giving up so many penalties. It is ridiculous. Um, But how about the end of the second quarter? It's a tight game. Uh, Dallas with eight seconds left and two timeouts. Second down, 14 yards out from the end zone. And McCarthy runs the clock down to three seconds so they can settle for a field goal instead of having a couple of cracks to try and get a touchdown. Nah, money in the bank,
0: Doss. He just wanted that money in the bank. Look after the pennies and the pounds to take care of themselves.
2: You're nuts. (laughs) McCarthy all night, terrible play calling and clock management. In fact, Dak Prescott bailed him out. Dak Prescott had a very, very good game. He did. And he bailed out Mike McCarthy with a lot of his terrible play calling. Now the fourth quarter, we also saw something that we don't often see, or it doesn't happen very often. There was a Dallas punt return. There was no fair catch called. Uh, the Chargers player on the kicking team, mm. uh, they forced the one of the a Dallas player who was uh, blocking or trying to get in the way of the um, to protect the kick returner. The ball was then touched by a Dallas player and then recovered by a Chargers player, and they more reco- well, they went to review to uh, check it. And then it was noted down as a muffed punt. Uh, and then the chargers got the ball uh, with a short field and ended up scoring a touchdown uh, on that one. But, um, the and then uh, the Dallas red zone conversion all night uh, wasn't great. They're 28th in the NFL uh, coming in to the game. Uh, 37% last year, they led the league with red zone conversions. Dallas, they were 71% conversion rate, So They still weren't great Monday night, but they found a way to get it done. And if you're listening to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on the call, and we love Buck and Aikman, but you would have thought that the Cowboys want a playoff game with the way they called that last quarter and the Dallas win. My goodness me. And that's all for Monday night football.
0: Now, Doss, I was watching this game whilst uh, in between spells of... um running to the bathroom with illness and I in, seemed to enjoy it more than you did. That was one of the most negative reviews I've
1: ever heard of any game in history. Holy, it wasn't that bad, was it? Remember when Doss said, oh, I'll review this game in three minutes, boys. Nothing to talk about. <laughs> I think you described every single play. Two plays. Every red zone possession, every player. <laughs> Not only described it, complained about it. Was there a single <laughs> positive in <laughs> this one, Doss,
2: McCarthy in McCarthy in the red zone with his clock management is terrible. It's driving me nuts.
0: All right, we need to start a separate clock management podcast. Look, it, yes, it wasn't the greatest game, but like you said, Doss, Prescott played well, Lamb played well, 117 yards, seven receptions. The, the Dallas defense had really good moments. Um, it was hard to pick a star from it, but uh you know no, none of them filled the stat sheet completely but players like parson's uh and uh Lawrence had really strong games so that was a positive for the cowboys well,
2: Micah parson's didn't really well he did he, he was did good something. in the last last few plays of the game and that was about it he didn't really have a great game he was actually pretty well contained by the chargers it was their offensive line just couldn't hold him basically even the last couple drives of the game
0: all right we'll be back in a second If you're still with us,
1: <coughs> you're right, Dos. I'm good. Monday night, Monday <laughs> night footy, eh, Dos. Really gets you, oh, doesn't the it? Time, your gears. The prime time games
2: are just killing us at the <laughs> moment, fellas. I think <laughs> we need to we, we need to take him
1: off of him, Kurt. If I think we might. I think we might. If there's
2: to. no if there's no production, the game is filled with penalties, sloppiness. It's over, mate. It's over. Balling. It's done,
1: Doss. It's done. It's okay. It's all right.
0: All right. MVP time. I don't want to. I don't want to do it. Well, as I said, we say it every week. But this was worse because there were no. We were bereft was, of breakout performances
2: this week. Yeah, it was so even across. So even every game, on defense, on offense, you had upsets. You had all of the NFC teams basically losing to the AFC. Um,
0: There's a lot of yeah. mediocrity in there too, Dos. There
2: was. And yeah, normally probably. the list of
0: players that I write as my shortlist is about one and a half, two pages long. This one I just got one page out of. So doesn't mean it was any easier to pick the 10, but we were just dealing with different parameters. So let's go through the leaderboard, remind everyone of where we're at. Tua leads; he's on 50 points. Brock Purdy on 43 in second. Josh Allen, third on 42. Then Tyreek Hill, snapping at their heels. He's on 40. Christian McCaffrey's in fifth on 38. Khalil Mack of that huge six-sack game is on 30 points. Raheem Mostert in seventh, also on 30. Well, equal six, I should say. DJ Moore in eighth. TJ Watt and Devin A. Chan. He'll drop out because he's injured, um, of course. But like we said, big games, few and far between. Even on defense, when teams dominated, they're all very even. But let's get into it. I'll give... One vote to Cam Taylor-Britt, the cornerback from Cincinnati. Huge in their win over Chicago. He had three passes defended, including two crucial touchdown stops and an interception. He also had a passer rating allowed of only 47, and he beat DK Metcalf fairly comprehensively, so he gets one. Two votes. For the first time this year, Dallas quarterback Dak Prescott makes the votes. 21 of 30. Thumbs up from Dosh. You don't normally get that when talking about Prescott with him. 272 (laughs) yards. And yes, only one touchdown, but he rushed for 40 yards and a TD. No turnovers. Played a very composed game in a big win on Monday Night Football. Now, let's get into some special team stuff. Three votes to Baltimore kicker Justin Tucker. My boy, six out of six field goals. Don't, don't. Roll your eyes, Doss. He played a fantastic game. Six out of six field goals, eighteen of his team's twenty-four points. They only scored sixteen, the opponents, that is, Tennessee. So he outscored Tennessee. And whilst on Tuesday we said he had a missed extra point, it was actually blocked. It wasn't his fault. His blockers let him down. So six field goals is his equal career best. He gets three. Votes, four to Miami quarterback, Tua Loa. He polls for the third time this year as the powerhouse offense rolls on. 21 of 31, 262 yards, three touchdowns, but he did have a fumble. Wasn't lost, but he still fumbled it. That hurts ever so slightly. No turnover, Kurt. Take it easy. Yeah, but he doesn't dictate that. All that he's in control of is whether he fumbles or not. The other team and his teammates determine whether it's a turnover. So that doesn't make much difference to me. Fumble versus fumble okay. lost is a very minor. minor oh, what
1: about JT? It's up to his teammates to block the kick. He could have kicked it higher. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that. Why don't you just kick it higher? Good call, well, maybe, yeah. Maybe I should have given him two
0: votes instead of three. Speaking of kickers, <laughs> five <laughs> votes to Kansas City kicker Harrison Bucker. Perfect game from a kicker. Four of four field goals, including a 60 yarder, which is huge, and a 52 yarder, plus he nailed his extra point, 13 of 19 team points. I know you think that's high, but like we said, it's it's a mediocre week and they're two exceptional field goals in a perfect game. He was also named the special team player of the week on PFF, so there's there's some reference material for you. Six votes, Detroit quarterback Jared Goff. He's on a quiet hot streak, 30 of 44, 353 yards, two TDs. Now, the big boys, seven votes. Los Angeles Rams wide receiver, Cooper Cup. He enters the votes for the first time this year after missing the first month with his hamstring injury, and he's back. Seven receptions for 148 and a TD, still a superstar. Eight votes. Speaking of superstars, Miami wide receiver, Tyreek Hill. Cannot ignore this guy. I thought he did a hammy. Everyone did, but it turns out it was just cramp. Less than a full game, he racked up 163 yards and a touchdown. More special plays. You've got to watch him to see just how good he's playing. Nine votes to LA Rams running back, Kyren Williams, autocorrected to Karen, that's not right, Kyren Williams. For some reason, LA hardly ran the ball in the first half. They only scored six points and they were down to the Cardinals. Q Williams getting called upon, he racks up 154 yards and a TD in the second half alone. Just makes plays and pushes through packs and absolutely dominated. And that brings me to my 10, another running back, an exceptional season, Raheem most it Hard to say how special this season, this guy's season's been. Yet another dominant game. Racked up three more touchdowns. The only player to do so this week, along with 132 yards. He scores more than anyone in the league at the moment. And I couldn't go past three more TDs for three, uh, for the 10 votes, I should say, in a week where standout performances were at a premium. All right. I know you guys are going to be very different to me. Hit me with it. Dos.
2: Oh, you want me to get All right. One vote I had for Detroit Lions wide receiver Amon Ra St. Brown with his 12 receptions, 124 yards, and touchdown. Two votes, I was the same as you, Kurt, to Dallas quarterback Dak Prescott for all of those reasons you said, but his ability to scramble and make big plays, um, that essentially won Dallas the game given McCarthy's terrible play calling. Three votes, I had Texans linebacker Blake Cashman, Now you might be wondering why he had 15 tackles. He had multiple tackles for loss. He had two passes defended and he was absolutely massive on third down plays. And especially in the last quarter, if you go back and have a look at the play by play in the last quarter, as I watched this game, he had about six or seven tackles and three or four of them on Alvin Kamara on the drive of the game where they were trying to get, where they were down basically in the red zone and he stopped Kamara three times. Blake Cashman. four nice. votes. Deep dive there, Doss. Was that my four or three? That was your three. Three. Four votes was Tua Tagovailoa, Miami quarterback, uh, for his uh, game. And then five votes, I had Cooper Cup, LA Rams wide receiver, 21.1 yards per catch. Very nice game, 148 yards, one touchdown. And then I had... Uh, oh, the cheater, Tyreek Hill. And along with those stats, he had the forced uh, force three missed tackles, and he only played 24 snaps in this game uh, as well. So uh, when he was on the field, obviously he went off, Kurt, like you mentioned with mm-hmm. the uh, cramping, um, but they also started resting their starters um, late in the game as well when the game was essentially done. Um, now, uh, where am I up to, Kurt? Seven? Seven. Uh, Kyron Williams, Rams running back, for all of the stats that uh, you mentioned before. Now we've got eight, nine, and ten. Here we go. Eight votes. I went to Jared Goff for for his 30, 44, 353 yards, two touchdown game, zero turnovers. But importantly, he controlled the game, 36 minutes game time. Had the ball for. There was no run game at all. They were averaging 1.6 yards per carry, so he had no run support at all. It was all on Jared Goff to control and dictate that game, and he did it very, very well against the Buccaneers' defense. So that that means, Doss, then your nine is Justin Tucker and your 10 is Harrison Butker? No, there's no no <laughs> kickers. Nine, <laughs> I went for Giants linebacker, linebacker Bobby Okedikey. Wow, he was on my unlucky list, but nine nine is a big call, Dos. Big 11 call. tackles, one forced fumble, two passes defended, two tackles for a loss. He was very, very good at constantly getting to uh, Josh Allen with pressure. He was excellent and stifled the Buffaloes offense that had nothing going for it at all. He was a big reason why. And then my 10 votes was to Raheem Mostert. For all the stats that you mentioned before, Curtis, Miami running back. All right, now most it could close the gap
0: uh, on Tua if this continues the way that it's going, because he is currently what he's twenty votes behind. Mm. It's gonna be tight. Where'd you go, Hawley? Give us your one.
1: Uh, well, most it will close the gap, Curtis, but I'll get to that later. Uh, one vote I gave to Dak Prescott. You already mentioned his game. Two votes I gave to JT Tucker. Obviously, six field goals was a pretty impressive effort. I don't really – I don't care where he kicks them from. He's still going six from six. Three votes I've gone Cooper Cup for his 148 and a TD. Three uh, – that was my three votes, wasn't it? Yep. Four votes i am gone Amon Ra for 12 receptions, 124 and TD. Uh, four – I've confused. Uh, five votes now. Five. Five votes, thank you, Dust. Five votes have gone Tyre Can't, can't Hill. you guys
0: just write the number of votes <laughs> no, next I, to the name? I, Wouldn't that make yeah. it easier to read out every week?
1: Yeah, it probably would, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your five? Tyreek Hill for 163 to TD. My six votes i have gone Hassan Reddick for Ooh, two tackles for loss, three QB hits and two and a half sacks. Mm. Now, my theory is that two and a half sacks were the most of any player for the week. So if someone has the most TDs for the week or the most yards for the week, they're generally right up there in the vote. So most sacks should be an equal stat. Fair enough. There he gets my six votes. Seven votes. I've gone to tour, two sixty-two and three. Like you boys have mentioned, none of that was garbage time this week, Doss. That was all nope. the first three quarters. So you would That's right. be happy with his statistics. Uh, Jared Goff, I agree with you, Doss. I've given him my eight votes this week. Nine votes, nine votes, Kyron Williams, and then ten votes to Mister Raheem Mostet.
0: All right, boys, I'm going to add that up and give us our uh, stats for the week. I'm going to try and do a, a, a live leaderboard update too. So you got sixty seconds. Talk, talk away.
1: Sixty seconds. Well,
2: live leaderboard update too. Pressure's on. Yeah, hey, I didn't have it. the. I didn't have the special teams
1: in. Oh, I thought I might put JT in, but Butker five votes as well. <laughs> yeah, that's five a, was too many. Five, I, I regret a, that. that. <laughs> that's the sixth best player in the league this week.
2: <laughs> yeah, 60 yarder and a 52 yarder though. That's pretty yeah, yeah, 60 perfect. yarder.
1: 60 yarder is a pretty good effort. And per- he, didn't nail,
2: he didn't nail three of them from 60. Well, no one ever has, ever. Sorry, yeah. I'm calculating.
1: I thought Adam Thielen might have been close with his 11 receptions.
2: Yeah.
1: But yeah. the problem was there were so many defenders that just had the two sacks and a couple tackles for loss there wasn't really anyone who had you know three sacks and a fumble recovery not no one stood out i mean jordan hicks had an interception a fumble recovery for a td i was about to put him in i was going to put him in too
0: but the interception just bubbled up to him and landed in his lap and the fumble recovery was sort of the same and he actually had a poor well, game other than that he got beaten on three of three of his four yeah. targets and he had two missed tackles
1: the, the interception wasn't as bad as you say because, in the you actually watch it, and when the ball's thrown, he turns around and starts running towards the ball. So he did anticipate that if something happens, he'll be okay. there for it. That's good. Um, but yeah, take like Booker was... out, put him in for five.
2: But the, uh, the, the Cincinnati, because like we spoke about on Tuesday, Kurt, the Cincinnati defense was absolutely awesome, but trying to split between Logan Wilson, Cam Taylor Britt, Sam Hubbard, and Dax Hill like you couldn't all all four of them them were awesome and i'm thinking how do i weigh up (laughs) who was who was better than the other it was so tough because they were all evenly good and they
1: yeah all got what what about um, i'm back oh you're back all right no worries (laughs) you want to finish that that what about justin um justin i don't know how to say his last name mutabuki or something Oh, Muda BK from Baltimore Muda again. B, he was also B, on my list, but I couldn't. Two sacks, couldn't two him. tackles for loss, and four QB hits. So, I think it's Muta BK, very, yeah. And, and um, yeah. Daniel Hunter too. He, he was very. Well, oh, Daniel Daniel Hunter almost made my list last
0: week and this week. He's been real close. He leads the league in sacks. He's on eight sacks, and we haven't given him a vote yet. That's the floor of the system. Anyway, yeah, we'll now have three Miami players on top. Uh, Tua Whoa. just hangs on to his lead, sixty-five. Tyreek Hill and Raheem Mostert are tied on sixty. Um, And the only ones upsetting that balance for the weekly votes, most had obviously won it on 30, Williams on 25, Hill on 20 as well as Goff on 20. Tua got 15, uh, Cup edged him out in 16. So that's week six MVP. Um, This was when we were going to have our first round of discretionary votes if that system got up, but I was held down by listeners and presenters alike. So (laughs) we keep the system as it is and keep rolling into week seven. We'll be back in a moment. All right, Doss, is that
2: time of the week. Doss' is Trivia. Hit us with it. Trivia time, fellas. All right. We're looking at pl- loyalty. So we're looking at single team players and we're looking at the current active touchdown leaders. So you're looking at guys oh that have gosh. only been with the one team and have the most active well, touchdowns, touchdowns in the NFL.
1: We're going to yeah, go okay. the top.
2: We're going to go the top
1: five. Where does Kirk Cousins sit?
2: Oh, sorry. This is not. Uh, sorry, this is non-quarterback. So it could be running back, oh. or it could be running back, wide, wide receiver, receiver, oh, well, tight end. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is third on seventy-five.
1: Travis Kelsey's third. So, current players, running backs, or wide receivers, tight ends. He's right. been a running back. Well, there aren't. Many. Where, what is, where does Eckler Ek, would have had a fair few. Oh, good one. Eckler is sixth. Oh, that's you're
0: in. Ah. Man, that's a great get, Hawley. There wouldn't be Sorry, many it, running backs who have been with the one team. That's so one. Is there a running so back CM, on the list?
1: There is a. There are two running backs in the top five. CMC but, doesn't fit anywhere. Probably he missed too many. No, nah, he's been with right? Carolina and yeah. San Fran. It's got to be the one team. Apologies, but it Hawley, could have sorry. been. It could have been at Carolina, just oh, just TDs at Carolina, right?
2: No, no, no. This is They've only been with one team. Oh, they've only been with one team. Well, okay. Only with one team. Oh, Derek Henry. Correct. 84. He's number two on the list. Doss, you were about to apologize to Hawley for something? I was. Hawley, Eckler was f- uh, fifth on the list. Yes. My Bang. We got one. Yeah. So, so you got, got Eckler, K- Kelsey, and Henry. So you need the top, and then you need the fourth position
1: wide receiver somewhere, wouldn't they?
2: Okay, the top. Yeah. Um,
1: Which wide receivers only been at one team?
0: Of course. Um, I'm thinking oh, running back. It's yeah, Saquon hasn't had enough. He's been injured too much. Um,
2: is it both? Is it two wide receivers? Dos? One one is a wide receiver and the other one is a more of a running back. Ooh. Oh, I know. Diggs. Was
1: more so of a running
2: course. back. J T. Oh, Patterson. No. Ooh. Oh wow! Because he was a combo <laughs>
0: wide receiver running no, back. He's been around for about 12 he's years. He's
1: a
2: running. He's a running back. I should say. I mean, he has receptions, but he's more of a running back. Hmm.
1: And the other one's a wide receiver. Has reception. Wide
2: receiver is top.
1: Oh Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is one. Two, yeah. Three, four, five. That's a good one. Nick Chubb is eight with 52. Joe Mixon's not old enough. He hasn't played. Nah, he has he not enough on TDs, there. does he?
0: Jonathan Taylor hasn't
2: done enough. Oh, people no, are tearing their up. hair out.
1: He's not old enough.
2: They know this, think, but we're going to kick ourselves, aren't we, Dos? Think of both of these players in the NFC South. Oh. Okay. NFC South. Oh, Mike Evans is the wide receiver. He's number one. Ah, oh, yes.
0: Well done. And the running back is... Oh, oh Kamara, Alvin Kamara.
2: Kamara. Well Kamara. Well done, Hawley. Alvin Kamara yeah, yeah, on yeah, 73. Yeah. There we so go. they're the top five. Sixth position, Tyler Lockett, wide receiver for Seattle on sixty, and oh, then yeah. seventh was Keenan Allen, wide receiver for the Chargers on fifty-six. Uh, and then I, said, see, I like Charles I
1: like that year. one, because yeah, It's good one. They're not maybe the best players in the league, but they're the most uh, loyal, That's, as yeah. you said. Yeah, I like it. That's a fun where, one.
0: Where was? Uh, oh no! Of course, I made the fatal mistake with Corderell. Um He's been on five teams. <laughs>
2: I oh, was Narelle. thinking Corderell, I was like, hold on, he's been on a drafted
0: few Drafted to Minnesota, went to Oakland, New England, <laughs> Chicago and Atlanta. Not only does he not have enough touchdowns, he's been on five teams.
1: You, you That's thought a you're, shocker. You thought you were real tricky with Corderell Patterson as well, didn't well, you?
0: Well, the reason I got so excited is because I remembered he was drafted as a wide receiver and then turned into a yeah. running back.
1: So yeah.
0: can I blame, I mean, I looked
1: up the symptoms of gastro today and brain fog is one of them. So <laughs> can I blame that? <laughs> Oh. You did. You did mention there was probably three or four things you wrote today in our WhatsApp group, in our chat that we had already spoken about. That's in true. The last couple of days. Oh, I was it's like oh, real, he, he just hasn't. He just hasn't read them. Obviously. No, I had like, read Justin, them. I just forgot. <laughs> Justin Tucker's blocked field goal. Like we discussed that yesterday. Nugget brought it up, and then you're like Justin Tucker's field goal was blocked, or the extra point was blocked. Really? I don't remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I sort of, Well, I figured as much.
0: Wow. Yeah, we'll, we'll blame Corderell on the uh, on the brain fog. Yeah. But everything else, well done, Hawley. You carried me there today. Great job. Great job, Doss. Dos Trivia well hit as always. You know
1: what? Cooper Cup wouldn't have been far off that list, Doss.
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: There he has to yeah, reopen yeah. the tab. I'd have to it check out. On. <laughs> sorry, only, sorry only, Kurt. I only brought <laughs> in the top eight.
2: All right, back in a sec, boys. All right, well you. done.
0: Yeah. All right, boys. What are we up to now? bit going on. Oh, playoff Probably. lock. Yeah. Playoff lock. Now, for the new listeners, we lock a team every week from now until week 17, and then we sit and wait. We lock them, of course, for the playoffs. It's pretty easy at the start because you get to lock teams like San Fran and Philly, and we did Buffalo a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but as the weeks go on and things become – well, they should become more clear, but they actually become more opaque as more teams – find themselves in the playoff battle, uh, it gets harder and harder. So, so far, for the NFC, we've locked San Fran and Philly. They both lost on the weekend, but they'll still make playoffs, so we're fine there. Five and one. They're the two NFC teams we've locked. We've locked an AFC team, Buffalo, four and two. I mean, the NFC, the only other contender at the moment is Detroit. They're five and one. I'd be pretty comfortable locking them, especially because we haven't locked anyone from the NFC North. The AFC, of course, we have Kansas City five and one Miami five and one, but we've locked Buffalo who are in their division and now behind them. So that's looking a bit shaky and Baltimore and Jacksonville are four and two and re- and leading their divisions respectively. So where do we want to go boys? Do we want to go with Detroit in the NFC or do we want to look at AFC?
1: Holly? Uh, I'm pretty comfortable with Kansas city. I still think Detroit could drop off a little. I don't, I don't know if they'll drop off enough to miss playoffs, but I'd be more comfortable taking the chiefs because the chiefs are the chiefs. Like they'll make the playoffs. Doss, any concerns with that approach? No, I'm
2: pretty comfortable with the Chiefs. Hard to bet against Mahomes and Andy Reid. Done. It's the Chiefs this
0: week. Gets harder as we go, but that one is still fairly simple. Now, hey,
2: how did we go last year, Kurt?
0: Did we get them all? No, we missed one. I can't remember which one it was, but we missed one. One that we locked about two or three weeks out. Hmm, okay. Was it, was it New England? Did New England just miss the playoffs last
1: year? Weird. I think, did we lock nah, three? it wouldn't from- have been the Patriots. I thought did we lock three teams from one division last year? Probably. (laughs) Is that that when we maybe we locked like the Giants, Jets, and Buffalo or something? We would not have locked the Jets. And the
0: Giants and Jets aren't in the same division.
1: (laughs) Or conference. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Couldn't have
0: been there. Anyway, I'll go back and do the research.
1: Oh, Miami. It must
0: have been Miami. Oh yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. And then they had their massive losing streak.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: They still made the playoffs. I can't
0: remember. I could barely keep up with current yeah, week six, Sky, let alone Skylar week 18 Thompson from last year. It, oh, that's Thompson right. Thompson was their
2: quarterback. That's remember? Right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, my boy. Now, the leaderboard from last week was, Doss, you were on top fairly comfortably. Uh, you were on 14 points and myself and Hawley were on 10 each. Uh, interesting week this week. As I said before, Hawley's team had three of its five players on bye. Although,
1: you I did trade should get trade two in. greens though.
0: Yeah, I'll get two greens. Uh you get one green, mate. You traded in Sam Howe for for Aidan O'Connell. He gets a green, three touchdowns, no interceptions in a big win. James Cook. He had 71 yards. Is he yellow?
1: Oh, that's a pretty tough game that one. Hey. There wasn't much going on in that game. I thought 71 yards was a good effort. <laughs> no. Did he think- have any receptions? How many receptions did he
0: have? I don't think he had any.
1: Let me check. Uh, mate, on that.
0: you almost got a cruise in your last week. I'd take a yellow. Five
1: point one yards a carry. Seventy one <laughs> yards.
0: It's not green worthy for a running back. I'm sorry, man.
1: Whatever. Whatever.
0: Uh, I had a lot of reds. Jalen Hurts had three picks and a shocker. That's a red. Ugh. Um Damian Pierce, 13 carries for 34 yards. That's a red. What is going on with Damian Pierce? Christian Watson, he had the bye. That's a red. Michael Mayer, tight end, six receptions for seventy five yards. That's a green. That's a green. And defender Nick Benito, four tackles, two QB hits. That's a yellow and well, I haven't done my trade yet, but I'll get to that in a second. Doss, you had Brock Purdy. He had a rare red. He had a shocker, 12 of 27, yep. 125 yards, one and one. Kenny Walker, 62 and one on the ground, 37 in the air. Total was 99 and a touchdown. That's a green. Armin Ra, 124 and one. That's a green. Luke Musgrave had the bye. That's a red. And Nick Bolton. Had an interception. He did, and four tackles. So he gets a green. Get, so that's uh, green. that's three for you. You are flying, flying absolutely flying on 17 points. Hawley and I are stuck on 11 and a half each. Now the trade, we get one trade for the year and – I've been starting to think about trading out Damian Pierce, and I was going to go to Kyron Williams because he qualifies as a running back replacement, but he's got an ankle injury, as you said, Doss, and they've got their buy coming up in week eight. So i just got to see. But after week eight, we're doing that draft for the extra player at every position. So I sort of want to trade for Williams before one of you guys drafts him. Uh, don't roll
2: your eyes again, Doss. We talked about this like three weeks ago. We- I'm losing track of how many trades and
1: swaps. And <laughs> one trade,
0: one draft pick. That's and it.
1: free agency pickups that you want to bring into my boy. <laughs> It'll it'll all stop. It'll, ta- it'll come to a halt when Kurt starts winning dust. Don't you worry, mate. Hawley, I wouldn't be chirping if I was you, because you're the only guy who's taken advantage of both of these rules so
0: far, mate. You did your <laughs> IR and then you did your trade last week, and they've both benefited you. Yeah, you made
1: the you made the rules, mate.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, the order for the draft will be the reverse of the current standings, so it'll be either Hawley or I picking first. We've got some week seven games to get into to wrap up this show in just a second. Alright, week seven already. Can you believe that? Three te- no, not three teams, six teams on their bye this week, which means three less games. Those teams sitting it out of Carolina 0-6, Cincinnati and Houston, and the New York Jets, all three and three. Tennessee, they're two-and-four. And Dallas Cowboys coming off their Monday night football winner, four and two. TNF this week is the Jags and the Saints. The Jags four and two, the Saints three and three. Early window games, Falcons and Bucks. Falcons 3-3, Bucks 3-2. Then the Raiders, oh, Raiders at Chicago, 3-3 and and 1-5. Oh, he's got that game. Those teams haven't assigned that one yet. That's probably going to end with me. Uh, I am looking forward, however, to the Browns, who are 3-2, at the Colts, 3-3. Deshaun Watson's shoulder means he's still uncertain to play in this one, but the Browns beat the 49ers with PJ Walker on the back of their incredible defense. And the Colts? as we know, now without Anthony Richardson for the rest of the year. And Minshew had had a bad game on the weekend. That was worse than he is. It wasn't his best display. But getting to a fourth win in the seventh game or seventh week of the season means you're potentially a playoff contender. And this could be a turning point for both sides, win or lose. The Colts need a win to keep in touch with the Jags and the AFC South. They also need to sort out Jonathan Taylor's role in this offense because he has not fit back in seamlessly at all yet. So I'm looking forward to that one. The Commanders. Washington Commanders, they're three and three. They go to New York to play the Giants, who are one and five. And Doss, you wanted to talk about Sam Howell for a moment.
2: Well, since uh, our little pal over there, Kurt to Chris, decided to cut uh, Sam Howell down in his four after his fourth start in the week three loss to Buffalo in his Chris Sanity segment, I just thought i uh, since since that how how Sam Howell has performed. So he's gone six touchdowns. That's tied third in the league with. Uh, Jared Goff, Tua, and Brock Purdy. He's had one interception and no fumbles. That's tied for the best in the league. Passer rating of 105.8. That's sixth best in the league. An average of 276 yards passing per game. That's fourth in the league. A 68% completion rate. Seventh in the league. And this is all while his offensive line has given him no protection and he's been sacked 15 times, which is the most in the league. Paul, Do you know what Sam Howe
1: has answered you on Chris Sanity. Do you know what, Doss? Someone has to make a bold call on this podcast to make it interesting. You boys are boring as anything and make the same old safe calls every week. I've got to do something to keep the listeners coming in.
2: He's answered your Chris Sanity segment. He has answered you, Chris. Doss, if Give you, don't, if you don't watch respect.
0: out, you're going to be featured on Chris Sanity soon if you keep this up. Season's not over, mate. He'll fail. Well, whilst you've got the floor, Doss, you're looking forward to the Lions who are 5-1 and one at the 4-2
2: and two Ravens. Oh, that's it. The Lions are on the Ravens' doorstep, ready to take some more kneecaps here, Curtis. Five and one, Baltimore four and two, Jared Goff versus Lamar Jackson. How can you not be looking forward to this game? Lions, good test on the road for them. Baltimore, tricky place to to go. Um, we get to see Jameer Gibbs uh, in the backfield starting for the Detroit Lions, as you mentioned, Kurt, with the uh, David Montgomery injury. Armon Ross St. Brown coming back off his injury last week looked really good as well. And Baltimore have got a little bit going for them. They're still, they look really good in patches and Lamar looks really good for most of the game, both passing and running. And then there'll be a moment where he has a bad pick or he has a fumble. So uh, this will be an interesting one to see. If the Ravens do jag this one, they'd go to five and two, which would be big in the AFC North. So this should be a a cracker in the early slate. That's the end of the early window. The late
0: window is the Cardinals at the Seahawks. Cardinals 1 and 5, Seahawks 3 and 2. The Steelers coming off the bye. They're 3 and 2. They go to the Rams, the plucky Rams, 3 and 3. I'm looking forward to the Chargers and the Chiefs. Chargers are 2-3, and three, Chiefs are 5-1. and one. Justin Herbert rarely plays bad games, let alone two in a row, and this Chargers side has had too much potential for too long. It's time to bounce back from a painful loss and upset a team that's objectively more accomplished, more composed, and more professional at the moment. Going 2-4 against an AFC West rival will be almost fatal for the Chargers, and the Chiefs, meanwhile, will quietly keep rolling on with their much- much improved defense. So interesting to see how this one comes out. Herbert and Co. need a win. Doss, the Packers are back playing this week after their bye. They're 2-3 and three and they go to Sean Payton's 1-5 and five Denver Broncos.
2: I'm a little nervous about this one, Curtis. Yeah, Being a Packers game. fan. Danger game. On the road, Mile High City. I know Denver haven't been playing well, but the last performance I saw Green Bay put up against the Raiders was not great at all. Now, we've got Jordan Love... Uh, you were pretty bullish on him uh, earlier in the week, Curtis. You mm-hmm. gave him some praise, and he, he has had moments this year where he's been been pretty good. So this would be a nice, uh, nice little test for him on the road to see how he goes against a Denver defense that was much, much better against the Kansas City Chiefs. They played a lot better than I think most people thought uh, they would, only giving up the was it 16 points, 19, 19 points. It was somewhere around there. Russell Wilson is obviously still the, you know. Unknown at quarterback as to how he, you know, he's had games where he's been okay and then games where he's been absolutely terrible on offense. And we'll see if Jerry Judy answers his critics this week. And uh, hopefully, my Green Bay Packers get some key pillars back on defense and hopefully Aaron Jones back uh, in the backfield uh, with AJ Dillon. Uh, that'll be a massive win if we can uh, get him back on the park. Hawley, you've got the two,
0: well, actually, You've nominated Sunday Night Football and Monday Night Football this week. So, Doss will be happy. You've taken them from him. He doesn't have to sit through the pain of MNF oh, this week. I don't, I don't Sunday think there will be much right. pain, Doss. Well, Dolphins yeah. and Eagles, five and one apiece, Chris Hall. Uh, it, that one's in Philly. Tell us about it. Well, I'm looking forward to this game,
1: boys, because of Tua, Hill, Waddle, Mostert, Moster, Hurts, Brown, Smith, Swift. It is an absolute offensive cracker. Dolphins sit first for points scored. Philly sit fifth for points scored. If this doesn't clear 50 points, then I will eat my sock. That's <laughs> that's my dedication to this game. you go on the over 50. I'm going over 50, mate. They have to go 25 each. But who wins? I actually I have absolutely no idea. Miami's defense is ranked 26th at the moment for points allowed. I'm not too fussed about it because the offense is... Absolutely firing. It's so electric. They can put up 20, you know, 20, 25, 30 points with ease. The only concerning part about that for me is that Miami have only come up against one defense who ranks inside the top 25 this year. And that was obviously Buffalo who I think a top five defense for points against. Yep. Now that game, they were smoked 20 to 48. They got taught a lesson. And Philly currently sit at about 15th in the league. So for me, this one is a bit of a worry it's the one where Tua and Miami come out and you know play really well against the Eagles. They can prove that, yeah, we are the form team of the competition and we can play against some defences who are a little better. And I wanted to bring that up, Kurt, because you said our top three in the MVP are all Miami players. And I just mm-hmm. feel like if they start to play against some better defences, then it might even itself out a little bit. We had a couple of those
0: comments on our Insta too when we asked who the best five and one Team was of course outback QB on Insta, and a few people did say Dolphins overrated, easy draw. They're beating up on easy, soft teams at the moment. Mm. So huge test, huge test this Sunday well, there's night. Old, that,
1: sorry, Kurt. There's an old saying that goes, "You can only play against what you can play against," and that's what they're doing. They're playing against Correct. so-called easy teams, and they're destroying them. So, uh, well, what, what else do you want them to do? I mean, uh, obviously lost that game to my, to Buffalo, but otherwise they've been just about perfect.
2: Agreed. Lord- a lot of people said Philadelphia had a pretty easy schedule last year too. And obviously they won a lot of games uh, last year. They've got a brutal schedule coming up, and it starts with this Miami game. Pick a winner, Chris. Come on, don't sit on the fence. I don't want to bob each way. Pick pick a winner. Philadelphia Eagles. There you go.
0: Finally, um, Monday night football, 49ers, five and one at Vikings two and four. Why'd you pick this one?
1: Oh, my boy Brock, fellas. My boy <laughs> oh, Brock. I picked this game when I thought maybe CMC and Devo might be, li- might be missing. Devo, I think, like you said, Doss will play. CMC, 49ers still haven't released the results of the MRI, so that might mean there is a little something there and they don't want it targeted. However, if these two do miss or one of them misses, even if they both play, they're still probably going to be a little bit sore. And I was intrigued by it because, one, I have Brandon Ayuk and a couple of fantasy teams, so that would give him a little bit of a lift. But the other one is it gives, it gives Brock a chance to prove to everyone that, hey, I am actually a really good quarterback. I don't need the best players in the league around me. I'm Chris Hall is a bit of a doubter on Brock at the moment. I need to see him come through with the goods under duress, the chips against him. Otherwise, I'll start to say, all right, He's a QB that's landed in a really good situation. Like you put Daniel Jones or Mac Jones in the 49ers, then, you know, they're probably sitting pretty, pretty as well. But on the other side of the ball, the Vikings, they sit at two and four, but I think we might have mentioned last week, each loss is, lost has been by seven points or less. One score. Yep. They haven't been blown out yet, which is. Quite the opposite to last year. They kept winning all these seven-point or less games. So for me, that means that this week's probably going to be a tight game. It It means that we should hopefully get to see Brock away from home in a tight game against an experienced quarterback. And maybe Brock won't have all of his weapons. But the exciting part is that obviously Justin Jefferson is out for the second game in a row. Jordan Jordan Addison will be that number one guy. TJ Hotkinson an elite target, but I'd love to see Kurt go, all right, Jordan, here's 10, 12, 14 targets and just see what he can do. Because he's shown glimpses so far of being a very good receiver. But if you make him the number one guy, I think that he can really roll through for a 150, 160 yarder. Uh, but either way, fellas, it's in Minnesota. It's Monday night football. It's a huge test for the Niners and a huge game for the Vikings. So I can't wait for this one, Doss. Very good.
0: Boys, that's our week seven preview. Uh, that means it's the end of the week. That's the end of the week. Another week in the bag. Of course, looking forward to week seven. We're a third of the way through the regular season, but uh, holy, there's still one more thing to
1: do before we say goodbye to the people. i got two for you this week, well, boys. One's, one's a bit of a question for you, Kurt. Did, uh, did Noah include termites on the ark? Not that I'm aware of. I didn't read that mm. one in Genesis. I'll go back and check. Yeah, have a look. I just thought I'd throw one out there for you. <laughs>
0: More of a brain buster than a joke. but good.
1: <laughs> Anyway, boys. But a uh, theology. I've I've, I've I've had a thing in the past, a bit of an addiction. I've, I've slowly got over. But I used to act, oh, I used to be addicted to soap, but thankfully I'm clean now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very good. Two beauties there. Oh, look. He's got, the, feet,
2: he's got the two ends up. He's happy. I'm <laughs> cobra.
0: Well done, Hawley. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Another great week. We appreciate you being on board. Enjoy the football. Dos, Hawley, chat to you next week.
1: See you, guys. Bye. Bye, guys.